Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. So welcome back to Disability. This week we're going to be chatting with Zoe, one of our fellow hosts on the podcast, all about her epilepsy. So to kick it off, I'm going to say maybe, could you kind of give a definition of what epilepsy is to you? So epilepsy is like super complicated. There are like hundreds of kinds of seizures. So it's really hard to define, but pretty much it is a condition where there's too much like electrical activity going on in your brain. And um, there are loads of different reasons it can give you seizures, loads of different reasons you can have it. But yeah, pretty much you have seizures. <laughs> and when did you get diagnosed with epilepsy? Um, I was diagnosed when I was 17. I had uh, my first seizure on the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so um, I was with my ex and he really wanted to go to this night. I didn't want to go. The next morning I was meant to be flying to Florida with my um, dad and my best friend and my brother. And uh, he kind of dragged me to this night. I stayed up too late, woke up at 6am, got in the shower, woke up on the floor. My best friend is like weeping. Because after you have a seizure, you go into something called a post-ictal state where you literally like don't know who you are, don't know what's going on. Like you're really fuzzy. You just say really dumb stuff as well. Um, And I didn't get to go to Florida, which was a bummer. But yeah, then I had this thing called an EEG, which is a brain scan. And they stick all these like sticky things onto your head and they give you this like really strong benzodiazepines. So you're kind of like a bit loopy. And um, then they scan you for electrical activity. And then after that, it took a couple of months and I got the diagnosis, like you have epilepsy, which is really weird. (laughs) It's a weird thing. Like getting diagnosed is always so strange because up to that point, I feel like I'd been being like, oh, it was just a random seizure. People on TV have random seizures all the time. So it was just a random thing that happened. But no, very unrandom. <laughs> One question I have, in terms of the other day, I was watching like a gig virtually. And obviously, like sometimes they pre-warn you about like, you shouldn't watch this if you've got epilepsy or whatever. But they didn't really warn you right until it was about to start. And I was like, you could have bought a ticket to that and having epilepsy and then you wouldn't be able to watch it. Like, do you find that difficult going to like festivals and gigs and things? So the whole, um, so that kind of epilepsy where you're affected by flashing lights is called photosensitive epilepsy. And because of the way epilepsy has been portrayed by the media and stuff like that, people think that's what all epileptic people have. 3% of people with epilepsy have photosensitive epilepsy. So that's 0.03% of our population. I personally am not photosensitive. I can, like, I have, um, oh, what's it called? Like light sensitivity. So sometimes when I'm in certain lights, it can kind of trigger me a little bit because it's very complicated. I get these things called vascular migraines as well. It's all a bit weird, but no, flashing lights don't affect me. But at the moment, this is actually something that, I'm kind of trying to campaign for and I'm actually trying to contact Southwark Council to try and get kind of like information out there about trying to stop people from using flashing Christmas lights 
because you know 0.3% of the population might sound like such a small amount to be like oh no one can have flashing Christmas lights but I'm like they look ugly they look tacky someone could literally leave their house and you could kill them so I think that's something super important but yeah I think it is a big problem when they don't do warnings there was a bit of an upheaval in the the epilepsy warrior community the other day because uh Miley Cyrus, everyone's going to know who Miley Cyrus is. She posted this little like video kind of thing about people who dressed up as her for Halloween and it was all using kind of strobe style lighting. So if someone, you know, with photosensitive epilepsy had scrolled past that, you know, it could have given them a seizure. They could have fallen and hit their heads. They could have had, you know, there is this thing called like sudden death epilepsy or something like that, but it's, it, that's very, very rare. But you never know what's going to happen. You know, epilepsy is rare. All these things are rare, but they still definitely happen. And I think that that is something that really, really needs to be considered because people just don't think about it. Um, I have a question. Is it something that can like morph into a different form of epilepsy? Or is it like once you have a certain type, you kind of stay within that type? As far as I'm aware, your epilepsy can change. Um, mm. So some people will start with, you know, like juvenile. I don't, I'm not that like well-versed on lots of different kinds because there are so many, but mm. people can start with like a certain kind when they're a child and then it can grow or, you know, you can get epilepsy by, you know, a brain injury or something like that. So all these things can change and it's even like seizures themselves. Um, a few days ago, I actually had something called a partial seizure or a focal seizure, which is not a full tonic-clonic. That's probably, that's like the movie seizure when you're on the ground. That's the majority of my seizures. Um, but yeah, I had one of those and that starts in, so you can actually kind of feel it in your body. It starts in one part of your brain and then it's like, so I started, you start kind of stuttering and jolting. Jolt's kind of like the technical term they use, which is just imagine you're jolting your body around. And then suddenly like the speech became slurred. My face started kind of like moving weirdly. I couldn't walk anymore. My whole body was shaking, but I was awake. But a focal seizure, partial seizure can then mutate into a full tonic clonic. I was very lucky I managed to get my emergency medication and that didn't happen. But yeah, it, it's, it's just so difficult to define because there's literally like endless, <laughs> endlessly vast amount of different things. And mm. I'm still personally being educated on it by um, having recently joined the community through making my so epileptic YouTube channel and stuff like that. And now is it, is there an age where you're normally diagnosed or is it usually like uh, older or could it be any time? So... From kind of what I've seen, the majority, well, not the majority, it is kind of any time, but you get a lot more of young people, like little kids being born with it, people over the age of 60 developing it, and kind of around puberty age is when it happens to a lot of people. So the age it happened to me at isn't really that common, but overall, yeah, you can just get it at any age. It's not like surprising if you develop it at any point but you are more kind of likely to develop it as a small child or as an older person I'd say. I was glad you said there because you reminded me actually on the previous episode when we were talking about the diabetes one of the things that I had been annoyed about was like how, how your condition is portrayed in the media and stuff and I think maybe I did mention this my memory's so bad but anyway I, there was like an episode of Walking Dead or something where there was a diabetic and they completely didn't do they did things like the opposite of what it should have been as in like 
oh, your sugar's low. Taking it, he's got to take an injection. It was like, no, like, like wrong, you know. And, and I, it was like when you were saying how, how the things are shown in the media being wrong. Um, and it got me onto another thing that I thought is, I think I'd mentioned to you before when we were talking, I feel as life has gone on with my condition that sometimes they change how you deal with certain things. And I was going to say to you, so epilepsy, when I think about what I would have been taught when I was younger about what you do if somebody's having an epileptic fit, can you now tell me what I should do if you were to have one beside me right now? Okay, this is actually so important. And I really, really want to raise awareness on this. This is like one of the most important things for me. Whatever you do, back in the day, they used to say to people, if you are having a seizure, you could swallow your tongue. That's right. It is physically impossible to swallow your tongue. Whatever you do, if someone is having a seizure, do not put anything in their mouth, especially do not put your fingers in their mouth. Because someone did that to me once and I chomped down on their fingers really hard. Because when you're having a seizure, every muscle in your body is contracting. You are going to bite that person. So keep your fingers away from their mouth. So the kind of, I think it's... PC something is like kind of meant to be the the thing for it, which is um, so you want to like protect the person. So if I was having a seizure and I was on a cliff edge, move me away from the cliff edge. In general, if the person isn't in a dangerous situation, don't move them. You want to put a cushion under someone's head because when they're having a seizure, they're going to be banging their head on the ground. So just a cushion, a blanket, like anything you can find. Don't put them in the recovery position until they finish having the seizure. Like you want to move someone as little as possible because the more you move them, the more likely they'll be to injure themselves. There have been cases where I've had to be put into the recovery position earlier. Like one time I broke my nose on a sink and when, while I was having the seizure, I was choking on my own blood. So they had to put me on my side so it would get out. But that's another instance of getting that person out of danger. But in general, if someone's having a seizure, just kind of make sure they're okay, but don't try and move somebody because your risk of injuring them is so much higher. So yeah, that's something really important. And just don't, whatever you do, don't put something in someone's mouth. (laughs) It's a generally good life rule. Don't go putting things in people's mouths. (laughs) Just leave the mouths alone. (laughs) So like the seizure is kind of done, you, you move them kind of to safety and like let them kind of have the episode. What is the recovery position for that? So that would just be your classic like medical emergency recovery position where you put your hand, they, you put their hand under their face and then you put their knees in a certain way and roll them onto their side. So it's kind of like, just imagine you're like sleeping on your side, kind of like fetal position, but more stretched mm-hmm. out. So it just means that that person isn't going to choke on anything. Like imagine your friend got really, really drunk Mm. and you didn't want them to choke on their own vomit. That's how you put them on the bed is pretty much like a good way to explain it. So yeah, it's just, it's pretty much the whole thing around someone having a seizure is just to protect them. Mm. And then when someone comes to, don't be really like blah, 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 or whatever. Don't try and be like, Don't be really panicked and freaking out because that person, like the chances are, they're not that sure who you are. (laughs) Like I've had times where I kind of know who these people are because I know I'm safe with them. If it's been my family, there have been times where it's people I don't know. Like I know I'm safe with them. But I remember the time I broke my nose, I was with my um, brother and I started calling him by my boyfriend at the time's name. And like, I was just convinced that it was him. 
So you want to make sure that when someone's had a seizure that you're like reassuring them as much as possible. Obviously, there are different kinds of seizures. The kind of one I'm describing is your stereotypical tonic-clonic, um, where you are completely unconscious on the ground. You know, when people have partial seizures, you kind of like want to just put them somewhere comfortable if they're standing up. So like me the other day, my boyfriend picked me up and he put me on the sofa. And he made sure I was okay, made sure I took my emergency medication. That was actually something I was going to ask you when you said your emergency medication, because I was probably thinking beforehand that any medication would have been like a preemptive thing, you know, but there's actually something that you take if you have had a seizure. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So um, there are things called AEDs, which are like your general epilepsy pills. Um, so that would be Lamotrigine is the medication I take. And that is kind of the precautionary protective one. Um, but then there's a drug. There are lots of different ones people have, like epilepsy drug-wise. And then the, the emergency drug I have is called clonazepam, which is pretty much just a benzodiazepine. And um, it means if you feel like you're going to have a seizure and you take it, it calms down the electric activity in your brain. But you have to be super careful with medications like that because they can be really addictive, like benzos are super addictive on kind of street terms so you've got to think about those in general and make sure you are really careful but because they are a bit dodgy as well because if you've taken loads of them and then you stop taking them you're going to have a seizure right because your body becomes used to it so with epilepsy drugs it's all kind of about like it's really important to monitor for stuff like that it's really important to monitor for side effects because some so if you are experiencing stuff like with, with the motrogen if you get rashes it can be a symptom of i can't quite remember what it's called but it's deadly pretty right. much um it's very rare but i'd say that with any medication always always track your side effects because it's not something that i did and it's something that really messed me up and in terms of like when you have seizures can you like preempt them coming on like are there certain things that like really flag up that you're about to have a seizure so yeah there's um Different things. Sometimes I, so my last tonic clonic seizure, I had no, nothing. I was like literally on a skateboard holding hands with my friend. And then suddenly I was on the grass. I felt completely fine before it happened. Obviously you have a sleep seizure. You're not going to get any warning, but usually you get something called an aura. And it's kind of like your brain starts turning off and on a little bit. So like you will be halfway through a sentence and then you'll just stop or you'll start kind of going like that you know kind of starting to sound like Boris Johnson mm -hmm. um, and then of course you get myclonic jerks which is when your body just starts kind of doing that and it can be like really really little things or really big things um, sometimes it's like hard because when it's happening especially with the bit where your brain is kind of turning on and off with the aura sometimes it's hard to communicate your needs so mm. if you're with someone, it's hard to say, like, I, I'm having an aura, I think I might have a seizure. Usually I'm quite good with it, but there have been times where, you know, there was this really horrible case where I actually almost drowned, which is also the biggest cause of death in epilepsy in young people is drowning. And I was in the bathtub and I felt this weird feeling, but it was so weird because I was like, I know this is an aura, but I didn't feel like I could get out because I was just like stuck in this feeling. 
And then I ended up having a seizure. You know, my mum kicked down the door. She literally kicked the door off of the hinge. Um, and they managed to resuscitate me in time because I was like completely unconscious under the water. So that's like such a scary thing because it's like... <laughs> And I think a really important thing to talk about when talking about epilepsy is what it takes away from you. Because I don't think people quite realize how much it takes away from you. Like, obviously you're not allowed to drive. Like you can't be, so when I have a bath, my boyfriend has to be like right nearby at a point he'll be able to hear. I usually text him every 10 minutes and just let him know I'm okay. Stuff like that. Like I can't be alone. I can't go swimming alone. But the one that's been kind of brought to my attention most recently and the thing I think affects me most, and we've talked about this with dyslexia before, about how it affects your memory. Epilepsy really, really affects your memory. It literally takes your memories away from you, which is like super upsetting because, you know, I always thought, oh, my memory is so bad of these events, but I'm not going to forget this. And recently I've just been thinking, my God, is there going to be one day where I don't remember this, which is a time in my life where I think I feel happiest. And um, so I've actually started, this is my book, and I've started writing down everything I do every day. So today I did puzzles and had coffee with my boyfriend. I had an egg and veggie sausage bagel. I played Simple Twist of Fate on my guitar, and I did the disability podcast, and then I wrote down the outfit I'm wearing, which to all listeners is super cute today. Super cute. Um, great fit. Great fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this is something I, I literally just started doing this today, taking pictures of everything constantly. Um, because it is really sad, but you can do... So the reason we were doing puzzles in bed is you can do things to stimulate your memory. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a horrible feeling, like the feeling of one day... Because it's, it's like I saw these photos of my uni bedrooms from first and second year, you know. Well, you won't know this, Steve, because you hate social media. But um, mm-hmm. on Instagram, you get these things like memories. And it will be like, oh, a memory from blah, blah, blah. And it will be a picture of when I've set up my room at uni. And I'm like, my God, I don't. That's what my room looked like. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. And this is a room where I spent like probably the majority of my university time. And I'm just like, I don't remember it. So memory is such a hard one. And the most recent one is I literally am not allowed to get angry. So I never get mad. Like I'm very much, I like just let things go. I don't really care. I like to be a little bit sassy, like who's bloody done this blah 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 but I never get mad I never yell and the other day I got pushed to the point where I ended up yelling and I was really really angry and that's the reason the partial seizure happened because I got angry it increases the electrical activity in your brain and I'm like for god's sake I am a human being I'm not allowed to get angry I'm not allowed to yell because if I yell I'm gonna have a seizure and you know I posted on this support group asking about it because it never happened to me before because I don't get angry um, <laughs> and they were being like yeah whenever you feel yourself getting angry you have to calm yourself down and I'm just like bloody hell I I can't even get angry. Like I'm not allowed to yell. I'm not allowed to be mad. That's just insane. I have to be so careful with anxiety. I have to go to bed at latest 2 a.m. every night. It's it's like actually crazy. It's like being a little kid. And it's like, no, you're not allowed to yell. Like mummy says you can't yell. So like that's kind of how it feels yeah. sometimes. And it's just like all of these things that are just basic 
humanity like no one's ever gonna say oh i would totally miss it if i couldn't yell all the time but like yeah once you're told you can't have it it's like but i want to <laughs> it's like having to do your homework all the time or something you know there's no there's no lad up <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm sure you kind of feel that way with your diabetes as well like you constantly have to be thinking about like what you're eating or whenever you've forgotten to bring your medication out with you that's one that sucks and you're literally like you know that meme of that little kid that's like, <laughs> that's me i'm like running back to my house um but yeah it's weird i think that's one thing people don't talk about is what it takes away from you because it takes away it's not just like oh you could have a seizure like that in a way that's kind of like the least bad part it's what everything that seizures repercussions are and and now is so you say like managing anger and stuff like that. It, it, is, is there something that you do like to, to kind of calm yourself, like meditation or something like that? And I bet like stress plays a part in it as well. Um, so is there anything you do or anything, I guess, exercise or eating or something that can kind of control things? Um, well, the anger thing, that's kind of new for me. Mm. <laughs> so I don't really know how to deal with that. Uh, but stress and anxiety, I can't meditate. My mind is one of those, you might realize how quickly I talk. My mind is one of those minds. It's just going and going and going and like turning constantly, constantly thinking, which drives me mad. So I do do this thing that's kind of like, I actually, it's so funny because I learned about it from this amazing Netflix series called Midnight Gospel, which I like, absolutely love. And so it's kind of like, you, you know, you tense your toes, you tense all the way up your body and then let it go. And then you try and think about what your bones feel like. I know that sounds so strange, but you lay there and you're like, what do my bones feel like? What do all my nerves feel like? What is it like inside of my body and stuff like that? And that can be really relaxing because your mind is completely like, you're not switching it off like you would be if you were meditating. You are completely concentrating in every way, but on something that isn't your mind. So your mind isn't worrying because, you know, when you have stress and anxiety problems and you're someone whose mind constantly is going and you have epilepsy and your seizures are caused by stress and anxiety, it can end up making you more stressed because you're laying there being like, oh my God, if I'm more stressed, then this is going to like get worse. And then it's like, duh, 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 duh. it's mad. That's another thing to point out is I think that stress and anxiety causes my seizures. Nobody really knows. <laughs> Because I have something called generalized epilepsy, which means literally we don't know why it happens. We think it's probably this because this is kind of maybe what it is for other people. There seems to be a correlation. So like, just don't get stressed and don't get anxious and don't get upset and don't get tired. And it's just like, bah. it's probably <laughs> pretty good life lesson for us all. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be it. Live your life like you have epilepsy. Yeah. <laughs> I think you covered loads there but I was gonna say are there any like you talked for example the whole thing about the the seizures and what people used to think about sticking things in people's mouths are there any other kind of misconceptions like have you ever been in a scenario where you felt like somebody's sort of gone oh she can't do that because she's that bad and you're like no you've got you've totally got it wrong or whatever I'm only asking that because again I suppose I'm thinking the same sort of thing where you you feel people don't have things they haven't understood things. Yeah, I'd say the major one is flashing lights. Just the thing that everybody mm. assumes that you can't be near flashing lights. And I, I know it's not a bad assumption to make, but sometimes it's a bit weird. Someone's like, oh yeah, like, will you be okay going to see this film? And I'm like, 
yes, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to be fine. And this is what I think is, you know, like so many misconceptions, I think not in terms of like a lot of them, it isn't a negative misconception. It is just what people think because whenever you see anything like about epilepsy, like the thing is in your general day to day, unless you're spending time talking to me, who seems to be like always talking about bloody epilepsy, um, you're not really going to see that word popping up much in your life. You're going to see that word as a warning at the beginning of a film, when you turn on your PlayStation, like all of these things. Um, and in the media is very much represented like in film and TV as either flashing lights or people have seizures when they're very sick. Mm. This is like the thing. And I, sorry, we're going on to warnings now. I'm not really, I'm not really answering, getting a bit tangenty. But uh, something I think that we need to think about as well is that watching someone have a seizure, if you are an epileptic person, is seriously traumatic for some people. I can't watch people have seizures. And there's this TV show, I know that you guys like shame watch it too, called Riverdale. Um, and there was this episode where like everybody just starts having seizures, like all the girls are having seizures and they randomly just appear like that. It's like this one of the characters just sitting in the classroom and then suddenly she starts having a seizure. And I was there and I'm like bloody having a panic attack. Cause I'm like, I can't watch this. I can't watch someone have a seizure. Like this is hor horrific. Um, so I think that like, we need to warn people because it is traumatic. Cause you've got to think when someone's had a tonic clonic seizure, they've never seen themselves have a seizure unless someone has filmed it. They've never seen it. Other people have seen it. They've never seen it. So it's like, it freaks me out. I can't stand it. And I just thought that like, we need to be more considerate as a society. And I know that it's hard to be considerate when 99% of the people, epilepsy doesn't really affect their lives. You know, like 1% of the population is epileptic. The 99% others, you can't really blame people for not knowing about it because it's just one of those things. But the same with, you know, diabetes, dyslexia, PCOS, everything that like us here have um, is just so like, there needs to be more consideration. It's like what I was talking about before with pubs just giving you Coke Zero and not telling you it's Coke Zero and stuff like that. Like this consideration that people don't have of flashing Christmas lights or something like that. It's just, you know, I don't know. It could just end up being so dangerous because people just don't know what's going on. And it's stuff like, um, yeah, people just trying to move you. People try and move me a lot. That's happened a lot. They. I once had a seizure on a bus and they literally dragged me off the bus whilst I was having a seizure. And it was like, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Like, cause when I, when I woke up, I was like about hot, like three quarters of the way off the bus with this being in this person's arms. And I was just like, um, what? And then I think I asked them maybe, and they were like, yeah, we, well, it was because I'd fallen. It's like, you know, on single deck of buses, there's like one bit and then there's a little bit of stairs and thing. And they kind of had these things on other sides of the chairs. I'd fallen and smacked my head into one of those. And they tried to get me off of the bus because they were scared I'd had a head injury. But instead what they should have done in this situation, like I said before, is they should have laid me down somewhere safe and waited for it to be over. How long do your episodes usually like last? Is it enough to kind of wait it out? So, um, my seizures, like for the majority of what I've heard from other people telling me about it, I've never really had one that's over three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, if someone has, so, you know, if you see someone having a seizure and you don't know who they are or anything like that, like call the ambulance. 
if you know someone who has epilepsy and they're safe, if they've had, you know, they're having a seizure, you don't need to call the ambulance. If they've had a seizure for five minutes, you have to call the ambulance because they could end up getting oxygen deprivation. You have to tell the ambulance straight away, not just this person's having a seizure. This person has had a seizure for five minutes and they will come rushing because you can die of oxygen deprivation. But that's another thing. Like, And I think, you know, in England, overwhelming the NHS is obviously like very important not to do unnecessarily call ambulances. But like when I was in America, when I had my seizure, broke my nose, my brother was there. He knew I had epilepsy, but the lady we were staying with was adamant on calling an ambulance. Like we had to call the ambulance. They couldn't wait and just drive me to the hospital, had to call the ambulance. And it ended up costing thousands of dollars. So you have got to be careful with these things because it's like you immediately will just assume like, oh my God, this person's having a seizure. They're going to die because that's what happens in films. No, if that person has epilepsy, it's going to suck for them when they wake up for the majority of the time. If they don't fall, hurt themselves or drown and it hasn't been longer than five minutes, that person's going to be okay. But you do have to time it if you start to see someone have a seizure who you know has epilepsy. Obviously, if you don't know, call the ambulance because it could be something else. <laughs> yeah. And how do you feel about like, uh, they do have it for uh, diabetes. I don't know, Steve, if you have one, but like the bracelets and stuff that like say like, listen, I'm epileptic. Listen, I'm diabetic. Do you have one for that or? Well, I'm meant to. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like wearing jewelry. I have three pieces of jewelry that I wear. I wear this ring that my friend Jan gave me, which is Starry Night. I wear this ring that is in memory of my grandma that says, I'll see you in the stars above the tall grass and the ones I love, which is from a Bob Dylan song. And I wear this, which has a moon on it. And that's it. I can't stand wearing jewelry. I don't know why I hate it so much. I just really, really don't like it. So I had a bracelet and I just wear it every day and I'm like, this is so annoying. I hate having this on my wrist. Like I despise you bracelet. <laughs> so I have like, you know, I don't know if you can get this on other phones, but like on the iPhone, there's this oh, yeah. like personal ID thing. Yeah. Says I have epilepsy and stuff, but obviously not everyone would know to check that I really should wear the bracelet but I just hated it I was like get it off of me if I could have like a little ring that said like epilepsy on it but no one would check the ring with this <laughs> check the ring <laughs> maybe I'll get a little tattoo that says like epilepsy and they can just... <laughs> you I mean do you like I mean yes it's very safe and it's very helpful if things happen but do you like the fact that it's kind of like now an identity thing that you have it there and it's kind of like I don't know I mean Steve you said you you, you wear one right yeah well I've, I've got that one on my neck this is probably the fifth that these I've had because obviously I'm very good at losing things and breaking <laughs> things I actually this this bracelet my mum bought me when I was 17 and I never got it engraved it was supposed to be engraved but I think you know I'd seen Paul Weller or Noel Gallagher or somebody wearing one and I thought I don't want to write bloody diabetic on mine but yeah. um I did have the same dog tag for years until I lost it. And then this one I think I got in the last year. I don't think anyone's ever looked at it for anything. Mm. Um, but I suppose in the old days, it probably kept my mom happy to think, oh, right, he's wearing something. So it's more likely somebody would notice. But mm. um, yeah, I'd probably been thinking the same thing about is it, is it worth getting a tattoo? But I don't, I don't want to finally get a tattoo. that would be yeah. invalid. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is so true. Like this concept of being branded as epileptic is something I really don't like. And you know, like emotionally, something I've been really struggling with recently. Because obviously, I'm doing all this advocacy work, like um, 
epilepsy action have actually asked me to be like a media ambassador for them and stuff like that which is really cool and they shared some of my videos and stuff and you know like I'm making all these videos and it, it's hard because it's starting to become Zoe McLeod and I don't want that <laughs> like I'm happy for that to be Zoe Epileptic my YouTube name but it's the fact that it's starting to become Zoe McLeod epilepsy advocate and I'm just kind of like I didn't even talk about it for seven years, man. (laughs) And now I'm being like, I don't know. It's scary. I guess the concept that there are people who don't know me who only know me because I have epilepsy. And, you know, like I was talking about that seizure on um, the bus and I talked about this with my brother in a video we made the other day. And something I really struggled with that seizure is these two girls, bless them, they, um, came with me to the hospital to make sure I was okay. No idea who these girls are because I was post Ixel afterwards. Um, I actually posted something online and managed to find them and thank them, but I still don't remember. But anyway, those two girls now just know me as the girl who had a seizure on the bus. That is who I am. I am the epileptic girl who had a seizure on the bus in their kind of like dyspora or whatever. And if you, if you saw someone have a seizure on the bus and you're not epileptic, you're going to be like talking to your family, be like, guess what I saw today? Like, it was crazy. Mm. People don't see people have seizures very often. I can't blame them. If I saw someone have a heart attack, I'd probably like tell my dad later, be like, oh my God, dad, look, I saw someone have a heart attack on the bus earlier. So it just makes me feel a bit weird that this, there's like this me that exists in people's universes that isn't me at all. It's only my condition. And that bothered me for a while because I was literally just like, for some people, I am a seizure when it comes to it. Yeah, but then also there's that thing where like, none of us like any kind of labels that are put on us, even if for me, it's not necessarily diabetic. It could be, you know, Irish, whatever, you know. Um, So I think there's always going to be that thing where we can't can't decide what other people Mm. define us as. But, you know, when it comes to people you know, it's like, you know, I don't think you think of me as diabetic, and I don't think I, I think of you as epileptic. You know, I call you uh, Di Di Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar Steve. <laughs> I I guess my point is more that like you know to them it's it's not even like they've seen any other part of my personality because the only other state they saw me in is post-dictal in which i am not zoe mcleod i'm like zoe mcleod hello how's it going why are you crying why is my face wet with tears (laughs) why did i nearly just drown i don't know (laughs) i think in like a weird really weird effed up way to try and think of the positive it may take them out of themselves for a minute to realize, hey, this happens to other people. And maybe you enlighten them in a sense where they come home, they talk about it with their parents, they educate themselves because through the trauma that they face witnessing you do that. And I, I think in a weird way, it could be a very enlightening experience for people. Yeah, I to- mean, totally. Like, I think you're right in terms as well, like the fact that it's putting some normalcy or some it's putting the person like human existence into the thing yeah. so for example i mean like for me it's like i, I was actually thinking to myself i was thinking until you so wait did i know anyone who had epilepsy or did i know anyone well that had epilepsy so it's like it was always this other thing whereas now it's like it's like more of a human thing that i understand and i probably mm-hmm. feel like that too as well sometimes with the diabetes that like 
yeah, I don't want to be the poster boy, but it probably makes it more of a of a real life thing to people who know me because it's something they see rather than just a thing you hear about occasionally on the telly or whatever. Better you than like TV and media portraying it in such a wrong way. So yeah. absolutely. I guess it's just doing it in the right way because obviously mm. that's an uncontrollable way. That's kind of what I'm doing right now, you know, with all of the projects I'm doing, um, like to kind of bring awareness and humanity to it. And I'm having people say to me, like, even people without epilepsy, I've had a lot of people private messaging me who do have epilepsy, which is amazing. And it's so nice to hear people's stories and stuff. Um, but even people who don't have epilepsy being like, wow, like, I never realized it was this. Like, I, I never thought of it in that way. I never realized that it has these effects and stuff like that. And I think that that's really great, but it really does take it out of me because you have to give so that they can receive. And like, that's really hard and exhausting. And some days I'm literally laying in bed, just crying, being like, am I just epileptic? Is that the only part of my personality? I'm like, do I have another personality? <laughs> Who am I? So yeah, I guess it's kind of like, I'm really glad. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I really do want to raise awareness for epilepsy because I just feel like, you know, it's not anyone's fault that they don't understand really because there hasn't been that much of a push. Also, um, I don't know when this episode is getting released, but it's actually November right now, which is um, Epilepsy Awareness Month. So put some purple on because purple Ooh. is the official epilepsy color. And they actually, um, I saw they lit up, I think it was somewhere in Texas, purple in honor of epilepsy awareness and i was like that is literally the coolest thing i've ever seen because when was the last time anyone like went out there bloody like i don't know like a city went out their way for epilepsy awareness yeah um, and there were solid bright lights right they weren't flashing purple <laughs> lights that they oh my god i saw the funniest so there's this amazing page honestly if you have epilepsy follow this instagram page it's called epilepsy memes <laughs> it is genuinely the absolute funniest thing like it's cheered me up so much because you just feel crap and then suddenly you're looking at this meme and you're like <laughs> there was one my favorite one it's a picture of um like some tonic water and it's like tonic water and then there's one like on the floor shaking and it's like tonic clonic water and i literally <laughs> must have laughed at it for like 15 minutes i was crying laughing but yeah, they had a, a post that was uh, someone had set up this raising money for epilepsy thing, like a carnival. And they had, it was just the picture of one of those big carnival rides with the big flashing lights. <laughs> and I was just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, do they, do they like even understand at all? So yeah, it's just totally mad. It's, people just need to understand better. But it's even like that one. That's meant to be everyone's misconception that it's flashing lights. How could you forget? <laughs> so I think just to wrap it up here, is there any advice you would give to people recently diagnosed with epilepsy or people kind of not getting mad at themselves for feeling like they, you know, have this sentence on them, you know? Um, remember that it's not your fault. It's never your fault. I thought it was my fault for a very long time and it's not. If you have epilepsy, there is no way that you can give yourself um, epilepsy. Um, join a forum. It took me seven years to join a forum and I feel so much better that I have. Check your symptoms because I didn't know until recently that loads of the things that I have with my brain are actually symptoms of epilepsy. 
talk to your friends and family about it because you know what if someone tells you they don't care then get them out of that your life because you need to surround yourself with people who are going to say yeah I care and let me listen to you talk about it talk about it pretty much because I didn't talk about it for seven years and it almost killed me um and now I am talking about it it's exhausting but now I'm so connected with other people with epilepsy because like with other conditions you don't understand if you don't have it it's hard to understand actually how difficult it is just on a day-to-day basis. Um, So yeah, just try and get hold of some other epileptic people because it does make you feel better when, you know, it's like when I had my partial seizure, I posted it on my story of my zoepileptic Instagram page because I want to be as honest with people as possible. I don't want to make out that I'm some sort of like glamorous epileptic, nothing bad ever happens to me. Um, And, you know, I had so many people message me yeah, I've experienced the same thing. Like, are you okay? I hope, like I got a message that says, I really hope you're not injured. And that's such a considerate message because it's saying, I understand that epilepsy, epileptic seizures aren't just seizures. It can cause injury. So like, I hope you're not injured. I hope you're okay. And that was such a nice thing because I was like, well, the person who sent to me was epileptic, but it's kind of this, this concept of um, other people understanding that it's not just like, oh, I hope your seizure wasn't horrible. But like, I hope you're, you know, people saying to you, I hope your mental health is okay. Like, I hope that, you know, this person said to me, like, you know, just don't be too scared to go skateboarding. Cause I know you said that before, you know, you had that issue. Don't be too scared. And I was just like, this person barely even knows me. And they understand that, uh, you know, my epilepsy is so much more than my seizures and seizures are so much more than what everyone thinks seizures are. So yeah, I think reach out and it's hard and also moderate your medication because it can give you severe depression and suicidal thoughts so be really careful on that but yeah just never feel alone and if you ever do feel alone you come and watch my videos um <laughs> and you can dm me dm me i always say this on my videos i'm like dm me anytime strangers like do what you want send me messages i'd love to talk to you and you know i do like probably by now i've had you know a couple of dozen people messaging me and just, so what's your, what's your online thing in jiggies again, if anybody wants? Oh, so it's um, at Zoe underscore epileptic for my Instagram and my YouTube is just Zoe epileptic. Um, but yeah, just message someone, message me. I don't know, me- message like your random cousin who might have it. Just find somebody to talk to about it who has epilepsy because you will feel better. Well, you know, you also mentioned their glamorous celebrity uh, epileptics. I was going to say, you know me, I'm, I'm a slut for the celebrities. Um, are you aware of any, <laughs> are you aware of any, um, any well, kind of well-known epileptics? Well, just, there's, like, there's always Caligula. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are not history nerds. <laughs> Caligula was a um, Roman emperor and <laughs> he called epilepsy fainting illness back then and it drove him completely mad and he appointed a horse as a head of the army. So, you know, there's always Caligula. Um, you know, I mean, it's not the worst decision. Yeah, exactly. Not the worst decision, you know, <laughs> better, than a per- better than Boris Johnson. Uh, <laughs> the main celebrity um, that I've heard with that with it was that horribly t- tragic um, story of, you know, I was saying there's something called sudden, I can't remember what it's called, but sudden mm. death from seizures and they have no idea what causes it. And this, um, I hadn't heard about him before. He's this Disney star um, called Cameron Boyce. Yeah. And yeah, he had epilepsy and, you know, people didn't know. 
and um yeah he died of you know the sudden death seizure so you know when i found that out that really affected me because i was just yeah. like you know this person who's worth so much to so many people and the seizure just killed him like that yeah. it wasn't even like he fell it wasn't even like he drowned it just killed him and i just thought that that was the most horrible sad thing because he was so young as well it's really young handsome yeah. promising young person i think um I'm, i maybe mentioned to you before because i'm reading neil young's book at the moment so he um he talks about his epilepsy a lot but it also sounds like re real sort of variation you know i think when he was younger loads of seizures and i think you know things changed a lot over time so again i think like what you'd said before you know yeah and i suppose what would have been said to me about the di diabetes as well is like it's not you don't have to assume that it means this and this and this you know i've just had a little google sorry of the oh, go for it go for it we got lil wayne <laughs> little Wayne. um theodore roosevelt that's an interesting oh, cool uh die green i'm not sure who that is but apparently they're an olympic athlete danny glover danny oh, glover has epilepsy well. wow fair enough um Jason Snelling is a American football, I think. Neil Young, yeah, like you said, I didn't know this one. Susan Boyle. Hmm. Oh. Um, oh my God, Prince had epilepsy. Wow. Oh. Purple, really yeah. Oh, he had it as a child. Yeah, so the thing about epilepsy is there, um, I'm just trying to see if I know, oh, Hugo Weaving. Um, but the, th the thing about epilepsy um, is that there is no cure yet. Mm -hmm. But you can be a certain amount of time seizure-free, but you know that after a year, you're allowed to drive. I was a year seizure-free and I had a seizure, you know, like mm. it's one of these things. The rules are a bit strange and like difficult. You know, I've, I've talked to people who've been 15 years seizure-free and they're fine. I've talked to people who have 15 years seizure-free and they've just had a seizure. Mm. So it's kind of one of those things, but the longer it's been, the less like you are to have one and more careful you are, that's like you are to have one so um it's just yeah it, it's it's a really difficult condition to live with and um you know we like to joke about it in the community with our little memes and stuff but you know the majority of people with epilepsy are going to have to take medication for their entire life like i've been told that the most likely unless they find a cure for epilepsy somehow um i'm going to be taking medication for my entire life. Like there are certain cures in certain cases because sometimes epilepsy can be caused by abnormal growth in your brain um, or a head injury and they can remove them. But yeah, in general, epilepsy has no cure. So everybody who's listening, go to donate some money to epilepsy research so we can find a cure and I can go scuba diving again. That'd be really nice. <laughs> I really I love have, scuba diving. <laughs> I had a quick question in terms of like traveling because I know you went to Vietnam and like that was a great experience. How did you manage your epilepsy whilst you were traveling? Was it quite difficult to do? And obviously in terms of like solo travel, would you ever want to do something like that or feel that you could do something like that? Um, yeah, traveling with epilepsy, I've had seizures because of that, pretty much time zone mm. differences. It is really difficult to, to do when there's a big time zone difference. Like when we were in Vietnam, it was so big. And the 
first time I went to Vietnam, I did, I went alone. Um, I went to kind of visit my friend Anya, but I mainly stayed in a hostel and my medication actually was in my, uh, back, my, my travel backpack, which got lost on the plane. <laughs> they left it in Moscow. Um, and I had a little bit of medication with me, but whilst I was there, sadly, I did have a seizure. I it was after I'd got my medication back because they brought me my bag, but it just happened. It happens. It's exactly what happened in California when I broke my nose, but you know, seizures are random. Seizures suck. I've always wanted to finish answering your question. I've, I've, always wanted to kind of travel the world on my solo um but to be honest i think the thing that's stopping me from traveling the world solo more than anything is probably my long-term relationship because i can't just abandon yeah. it <laughs> but bye, also, bye. it is scary but it's one of those things like you can't let it control you and also you know there's always that really morbid thought that if you die of a seizure you're not going to know so you know Wow. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't want to know. It's such a morbid thought. I don't think that. Epilepsy is just, it's crap. But it's about keep on keeping on and trying not to give up. If you want to give up for a day, then give up for a day. But don't give up forever. Yeah, that's probably that's probably good life lesson for us all anyway. You know, life is short. We should just live, live what's in front of us and not be worrying about what could happen. Thanks so much for listening to me talk about epilepsy, guys. And you've asked such good, interesting questions. I've really, really enjoyed answering them, honestly. They're really thoughtful. And thank you to you listeners out there. Um, Bethany, have we got any um, social media stuff that people could go to if they were listening? <laughs> that little <Yeah>. eyebrow raise. <laughs> <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram at Disability Podcast. So check us out on there. And you can listen, obviously, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your usual places is where we'll be. Brilliant. Well, we've been Stephen, Bethany, Cameron, and of course, Zoe. And uh, join us next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>